Welcome to the First Right Podcast, the weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration Power. I'm Doug Truax, founder and president of Restoration Power. Today, we are very excited to talk about our brand new poll results in key states and a superb political analyst to break them all down. His name is Mark Weaver, an Ohio-based political expert. Among other things, Mark has produced a great ad for us uh, previously for the Benghazi timeline in 2016, and we're really happy to have him here. So, Mark, uh, great to great to be with you. I know we've talked many times over the years. It's great to be in person uh, in the in the podcast studio here, so to speak. And uh, you know, if you don't mind, why don't you just give us a quick rundown of your background, so everybody knows uh, kind of who we're talking to. You got you got a lot of experience. And we want to make sure everybody knows what that is. Well, thank you, Doug. It's great to be on. Uh, so I'm in Ohio now, but I grew up in Pennsylvania, worked for the Pennsylvania House Representatives, and then went to Washington to become spokesman for the Justice Department during the end of the Reagan administration. So in addition to being a political consultant, I'm also an attorney. And after several years in Washington uh, as a consultant to candidates all around the country, I moved to Ohio 25 years ago to be Deputy Attorney General of Ohio. After five years in that post, I opened a, a firm called Communications Council. We help folks with crisis communications, and we help uh, Republicans and conservatives on political issues. And we've done work uh, over 28 different states, and we've done a lot of work in Pennsylvania, Ohio, even Michigan, and a little bit in Wisconsin as well. So we're looking forward to talking to you about those issues today. Yeah, good, good. So let's dive right in then, um, Pennsylvania. Uh, crucial state. Uh, so what do you see there uh, in the polling trend lines and where do you think this is headed? Yeah, this is my home state. I know it well. I've done a lot of races in Pennsylvania and this is the state to watch. I still have national reporters calling me regularly asking me about Ohio. Ohio is almost certainly going to go for President Trump. It, he won it by eight points uh, last time. So I think Ohio is, uh, unless the bottom falls out, Ohio is a Trump state. Pennsylvania is much more of a bellwether this year, and it's getting closer. The trend line is obvious. The president had some lower numbers about three, four weeks ago. But the left has overplayed its hand with some of these riots and some of the attack on American history. And as a result, we're seeing, uh, we're seeing a, a trend line back in the favor of a much more competitive race in Pennsylvania. Joe Biden claims this state. He was born in Scranton, which is in the northeast portion of that state. But he is really from Delaware, the next state south. And a lot of Pennsylvanians don't see him as one of them. And to the extent that he sides with the far left of his party, he will be well out of step with working class voters, particularly in western Pennsylvania and in the central and northern part of the state. Yeah, and I, I think that there's always this factor inside these poll results like we saw last time in 2016 that people just aren't telling the pollsters who they're going to vote for, uh, especially in this time when, you know, the far left has just really been beating everybody up. I mean, you think about uh, uh, where we were last time and it was like, oh, you can't really vote for Trump. You wouldn't do that. Uh, and that was just when he was a candidate. And now we've got three and a half years of the left going crazy about all the things that he's been doing and even not doing. And so I think there's a lot of conservatives. It's, a, it's that classic silent majority to begin with. But I think there's a lot of conservatives just aren't going to tell a pollster they're voting for him. So, you know, when you factor that in, I mean, how are you feeling about these results after that? Because I know personally I'm I'm feeling pretty good right now. Yeah, this is a well-known effect in polling. For years, I taught an advanced campaign management class at the graduate level at the University of Akron, where you can get a master's degree in campaign management. And as part of that class, I taught polling. 
And one of the things I told my students was there's many kind of biases that work their way into polling. That's just uh, part of the polling science. One of them is called social desirability bias, which means if the person who's answering the questions feels that they have to say a certain thing to maintain social desirability with the person on the phone, they're going to say that and they may hide their own views. But when they get into the voting booth or when they talk to their spouse or their close friends, they're going to express a different viewpoint. And it's difficult for pollsters to adjust for that social desirability bias. And I think right now that bias is in favor of President Trump. There are a lot of people who support him who are unwilling to say so publicly because they're afraid of being attacked or being called a name. Yeah, for sure. And I look at uh, gun sales alone, and I think that there's a lot of people in the middle and moderates who really weren't all that politically active, but suddenly they feel like they have to protect themselves. And uh, President Trump is actually, you know, beyond just the campaign part of it, he is a law and order kind of guy. And I think those folks, if they're if they're new to gun ownership and they were in the middle, they're not voting for Biden. So I I think think, there's a lot there's a lot of things out there like that. And if you look at the the gun ownership as just as a snapshot of a, of a symbol, if you will, I stopped by my local gun store a couple of days ago. Uh, and I, well, normally when I walk into a gun store, I would see hundreds of guns laid out on the shelves inside the glass cases. In fact, I've spent hours kind of looking at guns from the other side of the glass case. Nearly every shelf in this gun dealer was empty. There were a half a dozen to a dozen guns left, sort of the undesirable models. I'm talking about handguns now. Uh, that is just one snapshot of a national trend of people feeling angry and worried about what the left might be doing to this country. And as a result, in order to protect themselves in their home, a lot of them are buying guns. And that's just one snapshot of how people feel. They might not say that to a pollster. They might not admit that at work, but they somebody went and bought those guns. That's right. That's right. And I uh, live in the suburbs of Chicago, uh, thankfully not too close to the chaos, but um, I have anecdotally a lot of friends and uh, and even family members that uh, fit in that category. And uh, they're much more politically aware now and, uh, and much more conservative, too, which is which is great as well. So so we'll see how that plays out. Well, let's jump over to uh, Michigan and talk about those poll results. And uh, and what do you see here and where do you think it's trending? Another great classic state we call the Great Lakes region. Uh, with a lot of college, uh, non-college educated men and women in this state, uh, just like Ohio in many respects. And we say this, we see the same trend line in the polling and that it is narrowing, it is getting closer. And as a result, I think that President Trump has a good shot at winning Michigan. Uh, I think he's got a better shot at winning Michigan than Pennsylvania for a lot of reasons. Pennsylvania aligns more with the East Coast. Michigan aligns more with the Midwest. And I think the president's going to do better in the Midwest than he will in the East Coast. And so we also have a, um, we actually, we have two kind of bad governors in Pennsylvania and in Michigan, both of whom have mishandled the coronavirus. Unlike my home state governor, uh, Mike DeWine, uh, a friend and a client of ours, he's a great guy. He's handled this well. His numbers have gone up and the people support largely what he's done. That's not the case in Pennsylvania or Michigan. And those two leaders, I think, will both come out for Joe Biden. And that probably winds up hurting Biden rather than helping him. Yeah, that's interesting you bring that up because I, I did want to talk about Ohio. I know you mentioned it earlier, but 
you see Ohio much more like Michigan than Pennsylvania relative to where it might be trending. Uh, is that is that the case? I don't want to put words in your mouth. It is. Kind of well, how I feel like I said, it, there's a Midwestern factor. My, yeah. my wife and I both grew up on the East Coast in the Philadelphia area. And so uh, we feel the difference as we drive back east from Pennsylvania, from Ohio into Pennsylvania. And you can feel there's just a different attitude. Great people. Don't get me wrong. I love my home state. But there is a different um, sensibility in the Midwest. And uh, although Western Pennsylvania establishes a little bit of that because it's right up against Ohio, I think Michigan and Ohio are a little more alike. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll see. And we just, uh, I don't know if uh, we mentioned it to you, but, uh, or you probably saw the press release. We're running that ad now, uh, the unsuited ad against Biden in uh, Michigan. And we've got quite a bit, uh, $2.5 million going into that. And I think that, uh, well, we know for sure from focus groups, when people see, uh, the real Joe Biden uh, on that ad, then um, I, I think it's uh, it, it's it's not looking good for him because you know the thing he's trying to put out there is oh I'm uh, Mr. Integrity and and it's that uh, snapshot of him systematically lying to those reporters on C-SPAN and uh, it it's not pretty and so uh, you know we've been running that in Wisconsin, going to run it now in Michigan, uh, looking at Pennsylvania as well and other states. So so uh, we'll see how that plays out as well too. I thought you, I thought you were smart to highlight that. I remember that issue. I was around then. In fact, my first major op-ed, I write op-eds in newspapers all around the country. Some of them are in my book. But my very first op-ed was in the Philadelphia Daily News in 1987. Wow. And in that op-ed, I was criticizing Joe Biden for lying about his law school record, for lying about his college record. And uh, and now we know, of course, uh, famously stealing speeches from other people and claiming them as his own. Uh, it's hard to imagine that his character's changed since that time. Yeah, well, and you, you uh, layer on the fact that uh, it probably wouldn't be Joe Biden as the real president once he got in. And I think that the Trump campaign is doing a great job of highlighting that. And that's another piece we all have to keep in mind. And, and we're trying to point that at the people who uh, are kind of in the middle and thinking, well, I don't know, maybe Biden's a little bit better. But hey, you're not going to get Biden. And uh, he, he didn't have great character to begin with, obviously. And now he's going to get in there and, and whatever you want to say about his mental state is another thing. And then you have all these far left folks that are going to be basically running the show uh, for him or in his stead. Uh, that's not pretty. And so that's what we're really trying to trying to uh, drive home uh, with that ad as well. Well, you uh, make an interesting point, Doug, and this is worthwhile for folks watching to think about. Uh, even uh, Donald Trump's worst uh, opponent or critic would not say that other people are telling him what to think and what to say. Uh, people who know Donald Trump, and most Americans understand who he is, know that he speaks his mind exactly. When you hear him talking, that's what he thinks. The exact opposite of true is, Joe, uh, is true of Joe Biden. The more we observe, the more that he reads a script and we hear him being prompted off camera by aides. We saw a clip yesterday where an aide is actually grabbing him by the hand and moving him out to another spot. And so set the politics aside for a moment. Uh, nearly everyone in the country would agree that Donald Trump speaks his mind and he is who he is and that Joe Biden is really um, speaking with somebody else's words and probably would be governing with someone else's principles. Yeah, no doubt. And I think that he's gotten a pass so far because of COVID and everybody's just in a different state right now. Uh, but uh, that's not going to that can't last, at least in my opinion. I don't think it can last at all because you don't you don't get all the way to the election day and, and basically hide like what he's trying to do and what they're trying to do for him right now. So um, so overall, then, uh, Mark, what do you think when you look at the 
entire region, you know, this goes probably goes back to Midwest sensibilities. So we've seen the 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 whole area start to head back towards uh, the Republicans. Um, you know, talk to that a little bit. And and obviously the the Trump factor is huge in this. Uh, is there more work than that too? No, I, I think the Midwest is going to be key. There's other swing states out there we have to keep an eye on, but but the heartland of America has often been a harbinger for how the presidency goes. Ohio has famously been the ultimate swing state. Lately, it's been less of a swing state. That's why I think Restoration Pack is focusing on Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, and I think appropriately so. And uh, th- in the next several weeks, I think we're going to see the Biden numbers going down. The Trump numbers going up, and this race will be close. Whoever wins, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. It's still too early to say who's going to win because we're still a couple breathless political churn cycles away from uh, October and November. Uh, but I will say this: I do not think it's going to be a blowout for either candidate. This is going to be much more close because America is divided pretty closely. We know that this has been true for years. It's not a phenomenon of the Trump era. This was happening during the Obama era. We are in some ways two different countries with two different mindsets. And that is reflected in nearly every cultural and political issue that comes before us. One side says protest, the other one says riots. One side says, you gotta wear a mask. The other side said, you can't make me wear a mask. One side says Trump, one side says Biden. As a result, we're split in a lot of ways. So I think we're coming into what will be a very narrow, hardly fought uh, presidential election. The notion that somehow this is over is an invention of those who'd like it to be over. And uh, well, one thing we know about polls is they're constantly changing, which is why I was glad that Restoration Pack is continuing to poll and providing this data for analysts myself, like myself to review. Absolutely. And I think that that trend over time, that polarization, uh, we're going to see it. It's going to accelerate. It's accelerating at the moment simply because of the chaos. And I, I do sense that there's the, the divide previously had been around kind of the cultural divide. And, and where, you know, you lead off with abortion and, and where conservatives are and where the left is. And it goes across all kinds of things in the culture. And that was just the, dividing us more and more. Now you're getting into, you know, the chaos, uh, the violence, the looting, the rioting, and, and where the people come down on that. You know, I'm watching A.G. Barr talk about it. And he's saying, well, wh- where's the end on this, guys? Are, are, do we ever stop anybody from doing anything? And uh, when Nancy Pelosi says, you know, people will do what they'll do. That's pretty scary to hear hear the Speaker of the House say stuff like that. And so you get to this place now where you're not even just talking the cultural side of it. You're talking about pure, you know, physical violence and, and where we're going with this is 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 pretty scary. And I think we've known, you know, us conservatives have, that have watched it very closely and very politically active, we've seen it for a long time. But I definitely get the sense that the people in the middle who have been kind of apolitical, they're feeling it pretty big time right now. I think that's right, Doug. The people in the middle um, tend to distrust both parties. They don't. They don't always vote Republican or Democrat. They they kind of pick one one way. Sometimes they'll pick one Republican in, in an election and then go down a couple lines and pick a Democrat. But here's what we do know: they love America. They love the traditions that they grew up with. They respect our history, both the good and the bad. And the notion that everything about America is evil and must be torn down is not just offensive to Republicans, it's offensive to people in the middle. And for that matter, some Democrats, many Democrats are offended by that. Anybody who's got a uh, a family member in the armed services, I know you served and thank you for serving. But anybody who's who's done that, my father was in the Navy, some of my close friends, I'll be going to a funeral for a fallen Navy officer who died of cancer uh, tomorrow. We all have friends and family 
who were served in the military. And uh, so the notion that what America stands for is somehow evil and has to be t- t- torn down to the extent that Joe Biden and his running mates side with that, that will be one of the reasons why their numbers will continue to fall. Absolutely. Absolutely. So overall, before we go to the Benghazi, because I, I definitely want to get to that. So what do you think Trump's got to do to win? I'm, I'm the optimist. I think he's going to pull it out for sure. But what, what do you see needs to happen between now and then for him to win? Well, with, with all of our clients, and we do more crisis communications now than politics, uh, uh, we, we tell all of our clients that message discipline is crucial. Knowing the key points that persuade people and then sticking to them so that the news coverage and then the discussion on social media and what's happening around the kitchen table revolves around those issues. And for the president, it revolves around success on fighting the coronavirus. And I'm old enough to remember when people were... were uh, predicting 2.2 million dead. That was 150,000 too many. Of course it is. But there's been remarkable progress in testing and in therapeutics and in vaccines. And so we've got to talk about that success story. He also has to talk about defending what America stands for and the changes that he went to Washington to make. The more he can focus on those things, as well as pointing out that Joe Biden will be governing with other people's ideas in his mouth and will not be up to the task. That's probably the winning message for this president. To the extent that he can stay disciplined on that message, I think uh, favors him greatly. Yeah. And uh and while we're on the discipline message topic and, and focus messaging, let's go ahead and uh, take a look at the Benghazi ad that you uh, helped us produce. And, uh, and then we'll talk about that real quick. And then we'll, and then we'll talk about your book. Too. Now we know the real truth about Hillary Clinton and Benghazi. She lied and the emails prove it. About an hour after the attack began, Hillary Clinton tells her daughter the truth. It was an Al-Qaeda-like group. Then she tells the Egyptian prime minister the truth too. It was a terrorist attack not related to any YouTube video. But when speaking to us, her story changes. Some have sought to justify this vicious behavior as a response to inflammatory material posted on the internet. As the bodies of murdered Americans are returning to grieving families, Clinton lies to them and again blames a video. A news organization concluded she was an architect of the lie, told over and over. Very offensive video. A hateful video. Hateful video. Very hateful, very offensive video. In the heat of a political campaign, Clinton lied to protect her job. She even lied to families of our heroes. And she wants to lead our country? Restoration Pack is responsible for the content of this advertising. So good work on that, Mark. And, you know, the nice thing about it is we uh, use that to, to really help define Hillary very early on, which is kind of what we do around here at Restoration Pack is just make sure people know from a very early part in the race where people are coming from. And, and it really helped. So uh, any thoughts on that now that you look back on it? Yeah, we were proud to produce that ad. And one of the things I like about that ad is we went right to the record and we explained in a very logical fashion what happened when, so that it was very clear what Hillary Clinton knew and then what she said when she knew it. And what's clear from the record, and hopefully we made it clear in that ad, she knew darn well that was a terrorist attack in Benghazi, yet she tried to turn it into something else. And in a, in a way, uh, tried to take political advantage of the deaths of American heroes. And so we were, we were proud to be part of it, and we're glad that you were able to uh, to use it to great effect to remind people uh, what will probably be one of the worst scandals uh, during the Obama history, which was the the uh, the people killed in the attack on the embassy in Benghazi. Yeah, absolutely. So direct, 
so clear she lied uh, right there, uh, right there in front of you in the timeline. So, so good stuff. Hey, so tell us about your book then before we go. Sure. Well, um, it's in its fourth edition now. It's called Wordsmith's Work. And in it, we talk about how to be a better communicator, how to write speeches better, how to write op-eds and get them to run them in your local paper to advance your views in public, how to do crisis communications in a variety of settings, including a chapter on law enforcement crisis communications, because we often work with law enforcement organizations. So if, if you're interested in better communication, it's on Amazon. Uh, or you can go to a wordsmithswork.com if you want a signed copy. Uh, but we've, we've sold thousands of copies to great uh, great reviews, and we hope that people find it valuable as they try to communicate their own views to others and be more persuasive. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So good. Well, I'm glad you got that done. That's uh, You got the right experience to write that book, and I'm sure it's going to help a lot of people. And so thanks for all you've done over the years. Thanks for your work for us, and appreciate you coming on. I'm sure we'll have you on again. Thank you, Doug. Thanks for having me. Keep up the good work. Okay, thanks. Have a great day. Well, all right, that's our show for today. So thanks so much for tuning in and supporting conservative media. Don't ever forget that working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. So until next week, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe now at restorationofamerica.com slash first right or text first right to 1-312-820-9167.